Hey, you guys, welcome back to Basketful of Bread. My name is Bethany, and I'm so grateful that you're here today. We are starting a new series. Um, this is our Teruah series. If you have been listening, then you know that um, as I have wrestled with the Lord over the last few years, um, I asked the Lord what I felt that He had blessed me, and I asked Him, What is my new name? It's a whole thing. You're going to want to go back. <laughs> Um, anyways, I had this dream and, um, I'll reference the episode in the show notes to go back to, but it's a part of the promises series where the Lord told me that my new name was joy, not just a specific kind of joy, but Teruah, which, um, is there's different kinds of joy. If you know God's word, there's different definitions for lots of different words. So there could be this type of joy or that type of joy. And the Lord referenced Teruah for me. And so I've been on this journey learning, like, what is that? Um, what does it mean? And really, truly, it's joy through surrender, through worship. How beautiful is that? Um, and so I wanted to just take time to unpack that with you guys because I, I think that, um, I think that, and I don't know for sure, but I think one of the reasons he said that that is my new name is because it speaks so deeply to my deepest struggle. My deepest struggle, which is um, like the desire to want to control things. And the opposite of that would be surrender, right? Even long, long ago when I went to counseling for the very first time when I was like 20 years old. I remember her giving me this image and saying, pretend you're in a boat. Pretend that you're just floating down down the stream going with the water. She's like, right now you're trying to um, paddle the opposite direction and you just need to go with the flow. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) So this series is, man, me just stepping in and like asking the Lord, what does that mean? What does it mean as a, a believer, as, as one who trusts and follows Abba Father, who truly desires to let his will be done for his kingdom to come? What does that mean when we're faced with trials and struggles and turmoil and suffering and pain to have a heart posture of joy, teruah? surrender, worship? What does it mean when we're faced with uh, the enemy coming after us and wanting to ensnare us? You know, for me in my life, there's been a lot of head knowledge, a lot of like, well, I can Google my way out of this one. And if there's one thing God has taught me in the last several years is that the most powerful, the most powerful weapon that I have is my worship for the Lord. So grab your Bibles. We're going to just speak in the tail end of Deuteronomy um, and then, or a part of Deuteronomy, just kind of a little recappy cap, and then we're going to be in Joshua. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And so I stood up and I was just like, 
Do not grow weary in doing good. In due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Welcome to season four of Basketful of Bread. It is my joy and purpose to hold your weary arms up by the power of the Holy Spirit as we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in the high places. Together, we are going to stand firm in the secret place where our King Creator will encourage and spur us on with His resurrecting power and mighty word. This season on Basketful of Bread, it is my battle cry to intercede on behalf of the local gospel workers, the overcomers, the remnant, the bride of Christ. The harvest is plentiful. Let's work. My name is Bethany, and I'm grateful you're here. Isn't it amazing how God will call us to something that does not seem like it would be our, our, like our strength, like our ability, you know, for example, you go back to Deuteronomy and we've talked a little bit about Moses. Um, we talked about that in our Holy Ground episode, but you know, Moses is called to this high, high, high calling and he does a really beautiful job. He, he does seek the Lord. He, He's called into something that he is not gifted to do, um, and he sees how the Lord works through him and with him. Um, Unfortunately, Moses dies in Deuteronomy 34, and he's not able to walk into the promised land because of... um, his disobedience to the Lord. There was an opportunity um, in Deuteronomy, uh, let's see, where was it? Deuteronomy 31 um, and Deuteronomy or in Numbers 20, I'm sorry, it was in Numbers 20, 12 um, and then also referenced again in Deuteronomy 32, 48 through 52. I will put all the scripture references in the show notes. Essentially, um, Moses had had enough of the Israelites grumbling. And you guys know, if you've read the Old Testament, you're like, dude, like you have to be so patient because these people, okay, we are those people. That is me right there. I am an Israelite in the way that I can grumble. And Moses was fed up. And so he went to the Lord. They were wanting some water. Um, in fact, let's go back. Um, we can just read it really quick. Numbers... 20 and I'm straddling my two Bibles you guys because I've got notes in my King James but then I've got my CSB that I've been trying to slowly use more and more numbers 2012 says and the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron okay he says because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them Can you, I just can't even imagine like that happening. Essentially what had happened is um, the Israelites were complaining. They were thirsty. They were in um, Meribah Kadesh and basically they're like, we need water, we need water. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly and they went to the tabernacle of the congregation. They fell upon their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, so they went to the Lord. They're like, we, they, they need water. We're so thirsty. Um, or the people are so thirsty, you know, they're there to worship and to seek the Lord. And God tells them what to do. He says, take a rod, get the assembly together, 
Aaron's going to speak these things. And he said, you're going to um, tap, basically get water out of this rock, okay, right before their eyes, um, so that you will give the congregation and their beasts, their animals, a drink. Okay, so that's what's going to happen. And Moses took the rod from the Lord as he was commanded, okay? And then Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, but then he said to them, Here now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. So, you know, at first read, you're like, I don't understand. What's the problem? They did what God instructed them to do. Uh, the problem is that Moses was, man, and this just like, this uh, convicts my own heart. Moses was not one, like speaking to them as a sat with a sound leadership. You know, he's calling them rebels. He's like, do I need to do everything for you essentially? And that was the other problem was that one, he was not being um, gentle and patient with them. But, but the biggest problem is that he is taking the credit for himself saying, here, I have to go again, do everything for you as a mother. How tempting is it? Oh my goodness, Lord, help me to feel like that. Like, golly, I'm doing everything for you. Can't even do it yourself. No, we can't. And neither can you. We need God. We need him. Right. And so I think in that moment, the Lord wanted to say, God has heard your cries for water. Let's see. Look what he's going to do. He's going to give you water out of this rock. But instead, it was like this laxed kind of moment of disobedience. And so just because of that, they did not get to walk into the promised land. So that just kind of catches you up at the end. Um, you know, Moses passes away. They're, they're not going to cross over to the other side in Deuteronomy until Moses dies and the mantle is passed over to Joshua. There you have Deuteronomy 34 at the very end. Um, and it's just like kind of heartbreaking, honestly. The Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swore unto Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, saying, I will give it unto unto thy seed. He says, I've caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over. And so, you know, it's just like, you know, Moses can see he's probably healthy and fine, but his days are numbered and the Lord decides this is, it's time. So Moses dies. Moses, the servant of the Lord, he died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. They buried him in the valley um, in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor, but no man knows of his um, sep, sepulchre. Oh, so that word always gets me sepulchre, sepulchre until this day, his, his burial site. And Moses was 120 years when he died. His eye was not dim, nor was his natural force abated. So that's what I'm saying. He was healthy. He could see, um, but the Lord had numbered his days and he said, this is the consequence. You don't get to go over. Wow. If that does not put into perspective, like he is God, you know, and and, and here that he's still calling Moses the servant of the Lord, you know, he didn't lose that, um, 
that calling and that that mantle and that gift of being the servant of the Lord. He just didn't get to reap the full harvest on this side um, because of the posture of his heart, which, wow, let that be a lesson. We are thankful for Jesus, aren't we? So then um, Deuteronomy 34, 9, and Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, and all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh, and to all his servants, and to all his land, and in all that mighty hand, and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of Israel. Man, it's just so bittersweet, because you're just like, oh, like Moses and the Lord had this like face-to-face relationship, like why didn't he get to go, you know? And, you know, it's just like he is God and he has plans. And part of those plans, part of those plans were probably less about a consequence for Moses, but more like Moses had done his time and the faith that was going to be required to get the Israelites to cross over into the promised land there was a there was a need for a fresh anointing you know there's a reason why it's so powerful when you see the next generation coming up and walking out the gifts of the Lord and the gifts of the Holy Spirit um i've several friends who just have um older children teenagers and even young adults that i know that are newlyweds i'm like it is like so refreshing and encouraging to me. And so I wonder if part of that was less of a punishment and a consequence to Moses, but more mercy. Like, let's think about who God is. You know, like, yeah, he probably was like not pleased with Moses's attitude, but also he's a good father. So maybe he sees Moses has done enough. He makes, wow, thank you, Lord. He has mercy and is like, you know, he has done what I asked him to do. And there has been no other prophet ever since then, you know, who has done what Moses has done in such close relationship with God. Moses truly, I mean, honestly, what an incredible man. And so I I truly believe that this is more of God's mercy saying, let's bring in the next generation. Who is Joshua? Who has the full spirit of wisdom, which came from Moses, who gave it to him, who laid his hands upon him in the name of the Lord. How beautiful is that? Just passing on of the mantle. So Moses is dead and Moses, you know, experienced relationship with the Lord face to face on Mount Sinai. You know, they had just the most beautiful relationship. So now the new appointed prophet leader is Joshua. So Joshua 1 says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's assistant. Mm, son of Nun, Moses. Yes, yeah, so because Joshua was his assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now you and all the people prepare to cross over to the Jordan, to the land that I'm giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads. Just as I promised Moses, your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river and the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites. Okay, so he's just telling them like, this is all your land. Um, you're, no one is going to be able to stand against you as long as you live. I'm going to be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Here's God just like appealing to Joshua, pumping him up, being like, are you ready for this? It's going to be amazing. He says, be strong and courageous for you will distribute the land that I swore to the ancestors to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be very, above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So God is having this encounter with Joshua. He's blessing him. He's saying, I'm going to be with him. He's like just giving him kind of like the assurance that like, yes, this is happening. You are going to want to hide these words in your heart, you know, because they have all the words written out. Moses had written out, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, the first books of the Bible, the books of the law and all of that. And so he was like, the Lord was saying, you know, you need to do the instructions listed in this book and you will be fine everything will be fine. So they have that little moment together. And then Joshua goes to the people. And um, let me look at my notes here. So the Lord speaks with Joshua. Moses, my servant is dead. Okay. Um, so, okay. So I wrote down the process from possessing the promise um, or from owning to possessing. So they already owned this land. God said it several times, the land, you know, that I've marked out for you. They already owned it, but they did not yet possess it because they had not fully inhabited it at all yet, right? So it was already something that God was giving them. It was already a gift for them. It had their names on it. It was for them, this promised land from the beginning, um, but they had not yet taken possession of it. So um, Joshua goes and he makes the assembly with the people, um, with the Israelites. After he has that encounter with the Lord, he prepares them. He tells them that, um, you know, he's gonna, he says, um, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get provisions ready for yourselves. For within three days, you will be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you to inherit. 
Wow. So already you've got this breath of fresh air coming from Joshua. He's already saying like, this is going to happen. This is coming to pass. It's less about surviving through the desert and more about just the hope of glory that's going to be coming. And, you know, as I read through that, I'm even more like, yeah, it makes sense that Moses didn't, you know, and, and it does make sense that Joshua would be the one. Joshua said to the Reubenites and the Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh, remember what Moses, the Lord's servant, commanded you when he said, the Lord your God will give you rest and you will give and will give you this land. Your wives, dependents, and livestock may remain in the land Moses gave you on the side of the Jordan, but your best soldiers must cross over in a battle formation ahead of your brothers and help them until the Lord gives your brothers rest as he has given you. And they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. You may then return to the land of your inheritance and take possession of what Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on the east side of the Jordan. They answer Joshua, everything you have commanded us, we will do. And everywhere you send us, we will go. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses in everything. Certainly the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your order and does not obey your words and all that you command him will be put to death. Above all, be strong and courageous. They're so funny. It's like so intense. Um, But... That's the deal. They're very serious about it. That's happening. Everybody's like on board. This is happening. We're doing this. And so um, they kind of prepare. They sent the spies ahead of um, everybody, right? So they go ahead. And this is where the story of Rahab comes into play. Um, And she basically feared the Lord and chose to hide out these spies, right? Um, in Jericho so that, um, because basically Jericho is right on the other side of this, the Jordan river. And so, um, they had to get into the city and see what was what, that is what the Lord, um, had instructed Joshua to lead them to do. So Rahab hid these spies and she actually feared the Lord, um, the promise to Rahab. So, well, I, but I wasn't going to read like every single thing you guys, but you know how I do. I think I'm going to have to read it. Spies are sent to Jericho, Joshua too. Joshua, son of Nun, secretly went two men. Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two men as spies from the Acacia Grove, saying, go and scout the land, especially Jericho. Scouting the land. So they left and they came to the house of the prostitute named Rahab and they stayed there. Okay. How they ended up there, who even knows? Um, maybe word on the street was that she actually feared the Lord. Maybe, you know, she was out there and saw them and her heart was like, oh my goodness, you know, who knows? The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelite men have come here tonight to investigate the land. And then the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab and said, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house for they came to investigate the entire land. So the king found out that they were there and it says, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. So she said, yes, the men did come to me, but I didn't know where they were from. At nightfall, when the city gate was about to close, the men went out, and I don't know where they were going. Chase after them quickly, and you can catch up with them. 
but she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them among the stalks of flax that she had arranged on the roof. The men pursued them along the road to the fords of the Jordan, and as soon as they left to pursue them, the city gate was shut. Wow. So Rahab felt that she needed to hide those men. And if you know anything about the genealogy of Jesus, she is the mother of David, King David's great grandfather, Boaz. So she is in the genealogy of Jesus, which is pretty amazing. So um, the spies make it back safely, right? Everything is all set up. And we are now um, looking at Joshua 2.24, where it says, They told Joshua, the Lord has handed over the entire land to us. Everyone who lives in the land is also panicking because of us. So everyone was like, oh my goodness, these people. And remember, God had said that ahead of time. He said that to Joshua, that um, you know he was going to do it. It would be done. And so there was nothing to be afraid of. So it's it's like being spoken of all throughout the camp, like this is happening. There's They're all so full of faith. Joshua is like, all right, let's like one more like big pep talk before we cross over. So we'll pick up you guys in the next episode. We're going to stop there. Joshua 3 is where we're going to pick up.